Alright. It's good, right? Let's pray. Thank You, Jesus. Ah, It's just good to be here this morning. And uh, Lord, I'm encouraged. And I pray, Lord, I thank You for the blessings I've experienced already today and uh, the good things that are happening already uh, today. And uh, Lord, I just look forward with anticipation what You have for the rest of the service, what You have to share with us today. Thank You, God, that we're here. And uh, Lord, I don't know, I just... uh, I'm I'm ready for whatever you you want to do to show us whatever you'd have us to see, and uh, we've come out of this uh, the holiday end of the year kind of thing, and uh, we we the long dark days, the cold weather, and and everything else. And Lord, I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to look around and and come out of the darkness and and come back into the light again. Bring some encouragement, Lord, to us today. That's what I hope to. That's what I hope what happens, God. Give us something to grab on to and just bless our time together here. God, it's it's already good. Don't let me mess it up. Just uh, help it to continue, Lord, to be good. And I pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, I'm going to ask if you'd open to the book of James. James chapter 4. James chapter 4. The title of the message today is God's Will is Good. Amen? Amen. God's Will is Good. may not always make sense. Uh, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it might even be painful. <laughs> you know. But uh, God's Will is always good uh, for us. I've... Uh, <clears throat> this past Sunday morning, last Sunday... My New Year's message, I, I was focusing on these verses here in John in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And uh, they were the focus of my message last Sunday for all of you that were here to hear it. And uh, I know the ice and the cold weather and everybody got, to, got something, got knocked some of us down. But the thought I was having is I want, I want something to happen that only God can get the glory for. Only God can get the credit for. It's not by our power or by strength, but by the Spirit, says the Lord. We're not going to glory in anything. Only just what God can accomplish. I mean, Lord, just show me what it is I'm supposed to do and, and I, I'll do it. I, I like to say that, don't you? Whatever it is you want me to do, God, I'll, I'll do it. And then he, then he asked me to do something. <laughs> I said, that kind of messes everything up for me sometimes. Because we're so reluctant and everything sometimes. But we have our own plans. We come up with our own ideas that we want to do. And uh, and uh, we'll even say things like, oh, this is what God wants me to do. And all of that kind of, I don't know. I seem like I spend so much time doing everything and anything but what God uh, would have me to do. And... Uh, and so I was reminded of that last week, and I do. I'm, I'm wanting one of those things that where we can boast, and our boast be in the Lord, you know, not necessarily in what we manage to do or accomplish or anything like that, but the, our boast being in the Lord. 
And so I'm reminded of these verses in, in James chapter 4, verse, beginning of verse 13. It says, go to, go to now ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue this there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas we know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I mean, time is no longer a luxury. We're just here for a little bit. So whatever we got to do, oh, you need to be doing it. Whatever the will of God is, you know, we need to be doing it. Uh, we no longer have the, 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 the luxury of just wasting time on stuff that God's really not got His hand on. And how much time have we wasted doing that? I mean, I've run off and done all kinds of things. It even sounded good. even had Jesus' name attached to it and everything like that. Thinking, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. And we're reminded, have you remember when Paul decided he was going to go to Asia? Must have sounded like a good idea. I mean, I'm sure he was reading the Scriptures, prayed over it and everything else. And says, oh, God, I'm supposed to go to Asia. The only problem is God says, no, you're not. Twice he goes to the Lord and says, I'm going to go to Asia. And God said, no, you're not. You go to Asia, you're on your own. He said, I got this this call for you and the whole Macedonian call thing he sees and that cry for help and things like that. Ah, man, look how much would have been wasted if he had gone to Asia. That's not what God's will was for him. No, I want you to go to Macedonia. I want you to be doing this. We can chase after all kinds of things. Good things even. Good things. But it's not God's best. It's not the, the good thing is what God wants us to do. So much of the time we go to the God, we go to God and we say, God, we want to do this. And that's not what He would have us to do, even though it's a good thing. The good thing ends up being a bad thing if God's got something else He wants you to do. And that was the whole idea. I am I am believing God for 2018 this year. I mean, we could, I mean, I don't know, we could do anything you want to do, I guess. There's nothing to prevent us from just doing whatever we want to do. But I don't want to be doing just for the sake of doing. I want to do what God would have me uh, to do. Amen? Amen? And I know there's bound to be something. And it's going to be one of those unexplainable kind of things. Where did this come from? It's only God could have uh, initiated such a, a thing. And only God could have, could have done uh, something uh, like that. I want to glory in what God can do. Amen? And then Wednesday night we got we got as far down as uh, as uh, well. Let me finish reading here. Where it says, verse thirteen: Go to now, ye that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that we ought to say, if the Lord will. We shall live and do this or that. If it's God's will. Amen? Not my will be done. Not your will be done. But God's will be done. And if God's will is done, then He's the one that gets all the glory. Our boasting can be in the Lord. Not in our own strength or our own abilities or our, our finances or anything like that. God, God's going to call you to do the impossible. And you're going to think, oh, I can't do that. I can't afford that. I don't know. <laughs> You'll start thinking of all the limitations of why I can't do those things. But that's where God demonstrates His strength. That's where God comes through. It's in our weaknesses He is strong. Amen? And if He could do something, if, if we did it upon our own abilities and our own strength, we'd be the one to, to get the, the, the glory. We'd be able to boast in our, ourselves. But when God does it, only He gets the glory. Wednesday night we got as far down as this. But now ye rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing 
is evil. Let me ask you this. How much evil have you done in the last three or four days? Five, what is the day? January 5th? 6th? What is the day? Seven. Oh my God. Half the year's already gone. I'm lost. How much boasting have you been doing the last seven days? How much evil have you committed? You've been telling the Lord, oh, 7 2018, I'm going to do this and that and everything else, and you got your plans of what you want to accomplish and do and things like that. You know, the only problem is if God's not in it, unless God builds a house, the laborers labor in vain. Amen? It's got to be the Lord at work. It's not about what you can do. It's finding what God's up to and, and, and then saying, it's not like, Lord, help me. But, Lord, whatever you're up to, let me help you. You know, what do you want me to do kind of a thing? Let God move and, uh, and, and do things. We start boasting in our own abilities. He says this is an evil. The Apostle Paul said this. He goes, he goes uh, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'm going to boast in the cross. Amen? We can't even boast in our own salvation. For we are saved by grace through faith and not of works, lest any man should boast. You know, we can't even boast about our own salvation, being baptized, doing things, being good, getting a good person, all that kind of we can't even we can't boast in anything. Salvation is just a gift from God. You just see your need of it, ask him to forgive you, invite him into your life, you know, give your life over to him. You're you're saved. Free gift from God. You can't even boast we can't even boast in, in, in that. Paul says if I'm gonna boast in anything, I'm gonna boast in my weaknesses. Because it's in our weaknesses that he he is strong, and so it's not boasting in our own strengths and abilities and things like that. You, if you boast in anything other than God, it's evil. Anything other than God, it's evil. That's amazing, isn't it? I feel terrible right now. <laughs> you know, all my boasting. Is amounts to evil. You know what? I, I want to be in the will of God. I want to be where I'm supposed to be, doing what I'm supposed to be doing, when I'm supposed to be doing it. I want God to be able to use me. You know, I think that that's a mark of a true believer. One of the marks of a true believer is that uh, they want to be in the will of God. And today, the focus I want to look at is this verse 17. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Can you see this verse right here? Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. This is talking about the uh, the sin of omission. Uh, you know, there's a couple... We, we're creative in our sinning. We, we invent ways to sin. But uh, if you know what to do and you don't do it, it's sin. That's not necessarily committing a sin. You know, there, there is the sin of commission. We can commit sin, you know. And that's when God says, don't do this. Thou shalt not kind of a thing. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not you know, lie. You know, those type of things. God gives us all kinds of uh, commandments in His Word. Things that He's opposing. And uh, if we commit those, and knowing what that is, knowing what the will of God is, we willfully choose to sin against God, do something that He tells us not to do, when we do that, we are committing sin. 
But there's other ways to sin rather than go about doing what God tells us not to do. There's also when we don't do what God tells us to do. <laughs> you know, we think we're getting by a little bit on that one. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, I'm not committing. I don't have hatred in my heart. I'm not bitter. I'm not angry. I'm not sinning. I'm not cussing. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing, I think I'm being a pretty good person. And so we think we're not committing any sin. Well, we, we are. But, uh, but it's where we where we really want to trip up at is is when God tells us to do something and we fail to do what God tells us to do. Well, that's the sin of omission. If you know what to do and you don't do it, to you, to them, it is sin. So it's one thing to go out and commit a sin, but we can sin quite innocently in a way and not do what the Lord would have us to do and still be guilty of sin. And it happens all the time. You remember the guy, the the story of the talents, the guy with the one talent? You know in the story of the talent, you had the ten talent guy, the five talent guy, and all that kind of thing. And they all went out and did something with their talents and they made a profit to the Lord. And the day came when the when the, the Lord comes and he everybody has to give an account of what they've done with what the Lord gave them and the ten talent guy you know hey guy you know I, this these are the ten talents you gave me here you know and uh, this is what I've done with these ten talents and he said oh you know you good and faithful servant enter into the rest that I prepared for you five talent guy comes along and five talent guy reports what he's done with the things that God has given him and the Lord's the the Lord commends him on his good good works and the things that he's done and what he's done with the talents that he'd lifted come on in you know praised him and come on into the place that's been prepared for you the one talent guy comes up to him and he says lord i knew that thou were a hard man i you know i knew that you reap or you do not sow and things like you know the story i'm telling you about and he said i was afraid to do anything and he says so here is the talent you you gave me he didn't. You see, the point of the story is, is that he didn't do anything with what it was that the Lord had entrusted with him, and so he goes up and he just hands him back what the Lord and the Lord expected to make a profit off of what he had, he had loaned him, gave him to be steward over, and the Lord reprimands him. He doesn't commend him on anything. He reprimands you, wicked, slothful servant. You knew these things. You knew I was a hard man. You knew that I reaped where I had not sowed. You know, we do the sowing, the Lord does the reaping kind of a thing. You do nothing with what I give you. Take away from him that which he hath and give it over there to that ten talent guy. You'd have been much better giving it to the bank. You'd have been much rather giving it so I could have gained usury. Give it to somebody that would do something with it so I'd make something out of it. It would have done you more to give it to somebody else than it would be for you to sit there and hoard it to yourself and do nothing with it. So the Lord says, take away from him and give over here to that ten talent guy. That's a scary kind of a thing. You realize this? You could actually end up in heaven with less than you have here on earth. Amen. You think about that? Not a very pleasant thought, is it? Most of you probably sit there and reject the idea. But he took away from the ten t- one talent guy, gave it to somebody that would do something to it. You wicked, slothful servant. You knew these things. You knew this and you didn't do anything. You see what that is? That's the sin of omission. You know, you knew what you're supposed to do, but yet you choose not to do it. And there's all kinds of the Lord commands us, you know, we're supposed to evangelize, we're supposed to witness, we're supposed to uh, minister uh, 
to uh, to one another. There's a ministry uh, to do. You know, if you're sitting there inactive doing nothing, it's like going before the Lord saying, "Here you go, Lord. This is what you gave me." And He's going to say, "And what? You did nothing with it." You know those verses in Hebrews that uh, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know. We're going to, everyone's going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what they've done in the flesh, whether it be good or bad. That's, that doesn't matter if you're lost or saved. That's going to be true for every, every one of us. He's going to say, what did you do with the salvation that I gave you? It cost me my son. It cost my son his life. There's some accountability on our part. We just can't sit there and do nothing with it. So by simply doing nothing and think we're playing it safe, when we stand before the Lord, we're going to be guilty of the sin of omission. And... Uh, he said, to you who know to do good and then don't do it, to you it is sin. Well, here's the deal. What does that have to do with all these verses that go on before it? Most of the time, when you hear a message on that verse 17, it's talking about the sin of omission and somehow it's disconnected from all the other verses that are up there. Therefore, if to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What does that have to do with the rest of that stuff? It has to do with the will of God. And the will of God being good. In that story up there about, you know, you go to this city and that city, you go to, you know, you're going to do this and that. It ought to be, verse 15, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this and that. You see, this is a parable about what the will of God is for your life. And the God's will for you is good. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a, he's got a path for you. He's got something He wants you to do. He's got something He wants you to accomplish. There's a ministry uh, to be done in things. And so when He says here, therefore to him that knoweth to do good, He's talking about God's will. If you know what God's will is, and then you don't do that, well, then it's sin. Can you see that? Man, it's important that we know what the will of God is in our life. And I don't know. God, I'm not an expert at this. There's books written by, by, by guys a whole lot smarter than I am how to know and do the will of God and all that. Uh, I don't know. I can't figure it out. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. But here's one thing I know is that when I'm in the will of God, I tend to know that I'm in the will of God. And when I'm not in the will of God, when I'm outside the will of God, I tend to know that I'm not outside, that I'm not in the will of God, that I'm outside the will of God and things. And uh, we've got to be able to see that the the will of God is, is, is good. Whatever God's will is for you. It may not be what you would have chosen if you had your 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 pick, but I think God's got a, a a far better view of things than what we do. He knows what's best for us. Um, it may not always be easy. It may not always be pleasant. It may not. It may be difficult. It may be painful, and all these kind of things. But if that's God's will for you, that's far better than anything that you could ever come up with on your own. Um, 
we know what God's will. You know, there's, there's scriptures that talk about. You know, we know God wants people to be saved. We know that God wants people, you know, filled with the Spirit. You know, when you're saved, God gives you His Spirit. He wants you to be sanctified. He wants you on that sanct- that that, that uh, sacrificial path. That the working out of your salvation and fear and trembling. That that on that path where you become more like Christ, more and more all the time, uh, growing in Him. Growing in faith, growing, and he wants you. Sometimes um, he wants you to be sacrificial. He wants you to be. Um, 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 sometimes he'll even call you to to suffer. You know, he'll call you to do. You know, it's, it's those things will be his. Those things that easily be found within God's will. But the the main thing, the number one thing that marks a true believer is that they want to be in the will of God. Uh, there's just something about them. They'll do anything to get there. They want to be in God's will. And so, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there who they'll live their own life, do their own thing, make their own rules. They'll live life that is contradictory to the scriptures. They'll go about doing all of that, making excuses for their own sinful behavior, knowing what the will of God is, knowing what the Word of God says regarding their sin. But yet they still choose to remain in it and somehow uh, be comfortable in it. <laughs> you know, I don't know, man. It's not going to go well for you. It's not going to end good at all. But uh, those who truly know the Lord, they want to be in the will of God. I, I just believe that. Now I want you. I got a story here to illustrate this. I want you to turn to. Second um, Chronicles chapter twenty six. Second Chronicles chapter twenty six. Second Chronicles. First and second Samuel. First and second Kings. First and second Chronicles. Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter twenty six. This is the story of Uzziah the king. He became king when he was like 16 years old. And uh, when he first became king, he depended upon the Lord for everything. I mean, he sought the Lord in all that he did. And, you know, even at a very early age, he, he, he exhibited gifts of, you know, he was, he, was, he was a good king. He depended upon the Lord and all of these kind of things. And uh, he had his, he had his uh, enemies. I mean, there were people, you know, trying to steal his throne and all. The, he had enemies. And let me just tell you this: anybody who is is of God in the position that God would have them to be in, they're going to have their fair share of enemies. There's always going to be somebody wanting to take them out. But anyway, God gives him everything that he needs, and he gives him protection over his enemies and all. You notice how even the King David, when King David, we think of him as this guy had no problems, and I mean, he was a great, the greatest king of Israel. You realize that every time you start reading in the Psalms and all these things about David, how everybody was out to kill him, everybody was out to take him down, everybody was out to destroy him. He had enemies from without, enemies from within, enemies from within his own household and everything else, simply because he was the man that God wanted to be in that place. You read the Psalms, and those Psalms about how God deals with your enemies, if you're going through a struggle, if you've got a, 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 some somebody that's out to get you right now, go read through the, the Psalms and pay attention to all those verses of how God's going to take care of the enemies. 
it is such an encouraging thing. <laughs> and you'll begin to see them play out within your own eyes. You'll begin to see them play out within your own, uh, your own, your own life. But this is the kind of thing that he was facing. Started very early. Verse 13, 26 verse 13. I mean, verse 3, rather. 26 verse 3. 16 years old was Uzziah when he began to reign, and he reigned 50 and 2 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of, uh, of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah did. And he sought God. This is what we need to do. We need to see. He sought God. He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord, what? God made him prosper. As long as he sought after God. He came in at an early age. He had no abilities. He had no strength. He was a 16 year old king reigning over Israel. You know? He had he couldn't do it with his own abilities, his own his own uh, you know it couldn't be him. The only explanation is this is something only God can do. It's in our weaknesses that He is strong. He raises him up to be a king, and he reigns. And the word is that as long as he sought God, he prospered. Now this this is what we ought to be about. You you think about this. Uh, first of all, he sat there. He in the days of Zechariah. Zechariah is like one of the other prophets in the Bible. In fact, he had two prophets that he came under. Look at verse twenty-two for a second. Look at verse twenty-two. It says, "Now the rest of the acts of Uzziah first and last did Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, write." Uh, Isaiah. Isaiah as in Isaiah the prophet in Scripture. He, he, this is the guy, Uzziah, uh, Uzziah, that came under the teaching of two biblical prophets. Zechariah, I'm taking that this is the same Zechariah. Zechariah, and two biblical prophets. Can you imagine the privilege of that? And here's the crazy thing. He was submissive to that. He listened to that. He obeyed that. He did those things. He sought after the will of God. He would go to these biblical prophets. He'd go to them and say, "What?" He was seeking after the will of God. You know, even where it'd be, it would be wise for us. You know, uh, if my people who are called by my name will seek my face. How many times have you heard that verse quoted at you? If we just seek the presence of God, seek His face, seek His will in our lives, you know what's going to happen? You're going to prosper. It may not all be easy. You're still going to have your enemies. You're going to have your your objections. You're going to have those that rise up against you and everything. Uzziah did. But look at how God blessed him. If you look at verse 6 and 7, it said he went forth and warred against the Philistines. He break down the walls of Gath, all of the enemies of God. Here's this, here this guy is coming up against all of the enemies of God and God is giving him the victories over them. Verse 7, And God helped him against the Philistines and against the uh, Arabians and things like that. You see how that? Only by God. God is the one who's receiving all of the, the glory. All of the boasting right now is in God and in God alone. It's not in Uzziah's great, great leadership or anything like that. It's something that only God can do. And then if you look down a little bit further, uh, uh, the Amorites, verse 8, the Amorites gave gifts unto Uzziah and his name spread abroad even to the entering of Egypt and, and he strengthened himself exceedingly. And so God's giving him strength. His name, all of a sudden he's becoming renowned. People are knowing his name. People are learning of him. 
But it's not to His glory, you see. It's to God's glory. The boasting is not in Uzziah, but the boasting is in, is in, is in God. But there's a danger that takes place. You can start listening to the, 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 the things that people say about you, and if you start believing them, <laughs> you know, don't start believing your own press clippings or something like that. God, God will come down upon you on that. Verse 9, it says, Moreover, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem, corner gates and the valley gates. He did all of this. Verse 10, he built towers. Verse 11, Moreover, Uzziah had the host of fighting men. God had given him an army, gave him a host of fighting men that went out to war by bands according to the numbers of the counts of the head of, of uh, Jael, the scribe. Look down at verse 12. The whole number of the chiefs of the fathers of the mighty men of valor were 2,000 and 600. God gave him mighty men. God gave him victories. God gave him land. He built towers. He built cities. Everything that he put his hand to, as long as he sought after God, prospered. That's amazing. I dare say the same thing's true for you. This is 2018. This is, this is my wish for everyone here. 2018. And, you know, I, wish, I, I pray that you all prosper. I pray that you all prosper. But you know how that's going to be a reality? If you seek after God. So my prayer above everything else is that you seek after God. Not your will be done, but His will be done. It may not make any sense to you. You may question, why is I, Why do I have to put up with this? Where is all of this going to lead? How can any of this be good? But you don't tell God what's good. You allow Him to tell you what's good. He tells you to go, you go. You do what He tells you to do. And He will bring. He will prosper you as long as you seek after Him. But the danger is, is once, God, once you have the success, look over here and we'll hit this just for a minute and I'll wrap this thing up. But you look over here in, in verse 15 for a moment. Uh, 14, you know, you got spears and helmets and all these kind of things equipped him he equipped him but look at verse 15 and he made Jerusalem engines invented by cunning men to be on the towers and by the bulwarks to shoot arrows the great um, great stone with all and his name spread far abroad for he was marvelously helped till he was strong he was helped God helped him until he was strong and then guess what happens Verse 16, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his own destruction, and he transgressed against the Lord God and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. You see the failures that came into his life right there? That boasting in yourself, boasting, you know, basically he wanted to be his own priest and all of that kind of... Other people in the Bible, Saul fell into this same trap and all these other kind of things. They don't want to have to answer to anybody. But as long as he was seeking after God, the Lord was blessing him. When he began to start doing his own thing, and and pride entered in. You see, boasting boasting is not the sin of the humble. Boasting is the sin of the the boasting and pride and the arrogance and stuff like that. That's a pride. That's a the, that's the sin that success brings you. That's the that's the that's the sin that the you know the successful. Uh, people have it's tempting 
you'll start seeing how God's working in your lives and all the blessings, and you'll think, hey, you know what, I need to write a book about this and tell everybody else how to do it, <laughs> or something like it. I can be an expert. I'm an expert at this. When it wasn't you who ever did it to begin with, it was only God working in you. And when you start stealing the story, the glory uh, from God, that's going to mean your downfall right there. But you know what here? I'm, uh, I'm thinking that may be a sermon. That sermon may be for uh, 2019. <laughs> because right now I want you to prosper all right and right now I'm pointing you to uh, to the Lord and as long as you seek after the Lord as long as you seek God I'm believing you we will prosper this church will prosper and I'm sitting there thinking if you in, if you prosper the church prospers if if, if you if you're blessed I'm 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 blessed if uh, if and it, and it all it's all around what the will of God is for your life, what the will of God is for us. Amen? And, and if we know what the will of God is and we don't do it, it's sin. God's will is good. It's good for you. It's good for us. Better to be in the will of God than than any anywhere else. Amen. Now, do whatever you got to do to get there. You ain't got time to waste. You guys have any thoughts? You're bound to. All right. Uh, the hymn of invitation is what? Three twelve. Three twelve. Stand for a moment. Let's just recommit ourselves to Him. Recommit ourselves to His will. His will be done. Commit or commit to the new year. God's blessings. Let's stand. God help us to embrace your will in our lives. We're always running around trying to tell you what to do. We're always running around trying to tell you what we need to be doing and paying little to no attention, Lord, to what your will may be. And uh, sometimes we look at things and we say, Lord, there's no way that could be your will. But uh, Lord, you're the one who opens and shuts doors. And I'm asking you, Lord, to just uh, reveal yourself, Lord, in a real powerful and tangible way where there's no mistaking, God, what your will may be uh, for us. Lord, we want to be smack dab in the middle of it. And here's the deal, God. We, we want to be able to boast in, in You. Uh, all other such boasting is sin. And uh, may we not be boasting in anything other than what You can, you can do. Um, Lord, and here's the deal. You've got you to do something. And uh, something's got to change. It begins with me, 
where there's some changes that need to take place in my life. There's some changes that need to take place in my heart. I commit myself to those changes. Pray, Lord, that as a congregation we can sit here and we recognize there's some things that need to change. We I've preached for over a month on the ministries of the church and and uh, what they look like and and things. Something's got to change. And uh, so, Lord, may we commit ourselves to those changes and make those necessary changes. Lord, to your glory. Uh, doing things our own way, that, that's, that's already proved itself to be a failure. So, Lord, may we rely upon you wholly and uh, solely, God, that, uh, that you receive glory. May, may we not boast in the things that we're going to do this year, but boast in the things that you're going to do this year. Accomplish your will. In spite of us, God, your will be done. Lord, I turn this uh, invitation over to you. We'll open up the altar here. and Maybe there's some that want to make a recommitment of their life and commit this new year to you. Whatever you're speaking to them, to dedicate that to you. So, Lord, you just accomplish what you will, and may it be to your glory. And I pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen.